welcome to Blazing History, where we are blazing through history one week at a time. Facebook.com slash Blazing Shows. It's B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows. That's the same on Twitter. And go check out my brand new website, BlazingShows.com. Hope you're doing well as we are into the second week of February. We have a lot of very interesting history to get into today. February 5th through the 11th, we start with the 5th. And someone who we lost a couple of weeks ago, Henry Aaron, who was the home run king of all time before the steroid era. He died. He was 86 years old. He would have turned 87 on the 5th. On April 8th, 1974, we both paid tribute. And wish the late Henry Aaron a happy 87th birthday by playing this historical clip from April 8th, 1974, when Henry Aaron broke a record held by Babe Ruth. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand, and that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air, and for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. You could not, I guess, get two more opposite men. The Babe, big and garrulous and oh so sociable and oh so immense in all of his appetites. And then the quiet lad out of Mobile, Alabama, slender and stayed slender throughout his career. Ruth, as he put on the poundage and the paunch, the Yankees put their ball players in pinstripe uniforms because it made Ruth look slimmer. 
But they didn't need pinstripe uniforms for Henry Aaron in the twilight of his career. He looks almost the same as he did when he first came up 20 years ago. And so it was a memorable moment before the game, and now what a sweet moment it is here in the middle of the game. So Henry and the Babe, the two greatest home run hitters that have ever lived. And it's a marvelous, wonderful, enjoyable moment here in Atlanta. We're so happy, too, that it could be seen all over the United States, that it will be duly reported all around the world. And I'm sure films of it will be seen around the world, and you can hear Georgia around the world. Vin Scully on the call, April 8th, 1974. Henry Aaron hitting his 715th home run. We move on to February 6th, which not only was it my guide dog Flash's eighth birthday, but Queen Elizabeth ascended or ascended to the throne on February 6th, 1952. As we have a clip here. Almighty God to call to his mercy our late sovereign Lord. King George VI, the blessed and glorious memory, by whose decease the crown is solely and rightfully come to the high and mighty princess, Elizabeth Alexandra Mary. We, therefore, the Lord spiritual and temporal of this realm, being here assisted with these of his late majesty's privy council, with representatives of other members of the commonwealth, with other principal gentlemen of quality, with the Lord Mayor, Aldermen, and citizens of London, do now hereby with one voice and consent of tongue and heart publish and proclaim that the high and mighty Princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary is now, by the death of our late sovereign of happy memory, become Queen Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, Queen of this realm and of all her other realms and territories, Head of the Commonwealth, Defender of the Faith, to whom her lieges do acknowledge all faith and constant obedience with hearty and humble affection, beseeching God by whom kings and queens do reign, to bless the royal Princess Elizabeth II with long and happy years to reign over us. Given at St. James's Palace this sixth day of February in the year of our Lord, 1,952. How about that? And she's still the queen to this day. February 6, 1952, she ascended to the throne. And some 69 years later. Wow. Just incredible. She is still the queen. We stay on the other side of the Atlantic on February 7th, 1964, the British invasion began when the Beatles made their appearance on the their first appearance on the Ed Sullivan show. Here they are from 1964 singing I want to hold your hand from the Ed Sullivan show. I think you'll understand 
The Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show from February 7th, 1964. I want to hold your hand. My goodness, what a simple song that is. And it says everything it needs to say. As we move on and look at February 8th, 1976, the world premiere of the movie Taxi Driver was directed by Martin Scorsese. Robert De Niro played an unstable Vietnam War veteran. And here is the trailer from the movie. De Niro. In Bang the Drum Slowly, the critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, people do anything in front of a taxi driver. I mean, anything. People too cheap to, to rent a hotel room. Don't drive a hurry up, will you? People want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there. It's like, you know, like a taxi driver doesn't even exist. This city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. Them guys got to be a Secret Service man. What? Well, I was just curious, because I thought maybe I'd make a good one. 
Hey, what kind of guns do you guys carry? 38s, 45s, 357 Magnums, something bigger, maybe. Hi. I'd like to volunteer. Why? Why? Because I think that you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. The taxi driver is looking for a target. Getting ready. Getting organized. Preparing himself for the only moment in his life that will ever mean anything. How much for everything? 350 for the Magnum, 250 for the 38, one and a quarter for the 25, 150 for the 380. That taxi driver's been staring at us. You talking to me? You talking to me? I don't know who's weirder, you or me. <laughs> you talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't believe I've ever met anyone quite like you. Oh, yeah? You will never see a more chilling performance okay. than this. Robert De Niro in Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver, Jodie Foster, Albert Brooks, Harvey Keitel, Leonard Harris, Peter Boyle, Sybil Shepard, Taxi Driver. That is very chilling. Very, very chilling to hear. February 8th, 1976 was when Taxi Driver made its world premiere. And we move on to the 9th. Carol King celebrated her 79th birthday, born on February 9th, 1942. There's so much I could have chosen here. Bunch of interviews, that sort of thing. And figure, why not play what Carol does best? Here she is on the David Letterman Show, 1982, covering the classic locomotion with a medley.
Carol King on the Dave Letterman Show from 1982 as she credits James Taylor for helping her get over her stage fright. As we move on to the 10th of February, the childhood sensation, Shirley Temple, died seven years ago in 2014. She was a childhood star during the Great Depression, performing in all sorts of stuff here. And here she is from 1935. It's a cold winter day. Most of the places here. She talks about something that you can dip in your soup. Here she is. Animal crackers in my soup. Monkeys and rabbits loop the loop. Gosh, oh, but I have fun swallowing animals one by one. In every bowl of soup I see lions and tigers watching me. I make them jump right through a hoop. Those animal crackers in my soup. When I get hold of the big bad wolf, I just push him under the ground. Then I bite him in a million bits and I go pull him right down. When they're inside me where it's dark, I walk around like Noah's Ark. I stuff my tummy like a goop with animal crackers in my soup. Animal crackers in my soup do funny things to me. They make me think my neighborhood is a big menagerie. For instance, there's our janitor. His name is Mr. Klein, and when he hollers at us kids, he reminds me of a lion. The grocer is so big and fat, he has a big mustache. He looks just like a walrus just before he takes a splash. Animal crackers in my soup, and rabbits loop the loop. But I have fun swallowing animals one by one. In every bowl of soup I see lions and tigers watching me. I make them jump right through a those animal crackers in my soup. When I get hold of the big bad wolf, I just push him under two ground. Then I bite him in a million bits and I go pull him right down. When they're inside me where it's dark, I walk around like Noah's Ark. I stuff my tummy like a goop with animal crackers in my soup. you not smile after hearing animal crackers in my soup 
All right, time is of the essence here. And on February 11th, 1989, Barbara Clementine Bishop became, or Barbara Clementine Harris became the first female bishop. Here she is in an interview clip talking about how it all happened. Interestingly, there was a conference uh, held at the Episcopal Divinity School in uh, Cambridge, the seminary, to talk about women in the episcopate, women as bishops. And I gave uh, one of the addresses at that conference, and I said, let's face it, we're talking about white women, they've got 10 years in the priesthood, they got the visibility, da 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 And um, following that conference, uh, I was asked by uh, a, a friend who was re representing some women in this diocese of Massachusetts, if I would allow my name to go forward in the, uh, be put into the uh, nomination process. And I said, well, let me go pray about it. And about a month later, I said, uh, yeah, you can put my name in. I don't think it's going to uh, go anyplace, um, but go ahead and put it in. Well, at each step in the process, I thought it's not going to go any further. It's not going to go any further. Uh, and uh, even as I... Uh, People came to Philadelphia to interview uh, people that uh, I knew and to hear me preach and whatnot. I thought it's not going to go any further. And I met with the whole nominating committee, and I thought this isn't going any further. And even as I was nominated on the slate of uh, five people, I thought, not a chance. <laughs> And I came to Massachusetts and met with people who were going to be uh, in a series of meetings of, with people who were going to be voting in the election. And the thing that was uppermost in my mind was, I'm never going to see these people again in life. And so I can say anything that is on my mind, which is exactly what I did. How did you, how did you hear about it? And what was your reaction when you, when you learned that I had been elected. <clears throat> Total disbelief. <laughs> Total disbelief. And um, uh, although I have to say that as the election proceeded, I got a phone call after each ballot, and it was a, a two-person race between myself and the person who, whose name had come in by petition. And it was obvious that the clergy were heavily supporting me. And then the lay people uh, came along. Uh, but when I received the call that I had been elected, um, there was still disbelief on my part that this could have happened, uh, given my background and what have you. So... Um, when I was informed the people have made a choice and have elected you as suffragan bishop, and I said, I humbly accept. And then that bell went off in my head that said, we're not supposed to say that. 
you're supposed to say, I will go and pray about this and I will get back to you. <laughs> so, but I had already accepted. So, too late. Um, but um, uh, that's, that was it. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Blazing History, Blazing Through History, one week at a time. What do you think? Let me know at facebook.com slash shows. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows. On Twitter at shows, Or email me shows at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts or on my website, blazinshows.com. If you can, please consider making a donation to ensure we can bring you a fully accessible podcast. To quote the late Franklin D. Roosevelt, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Take care of yourself and we'll talk again next week. On Blaze in History, I'm Blaze Bryant.